Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Agnes Shimta, an integrative nutrition health coach, pain reprocessing therapy coach, and restorative breathing coach. She helps busy moms with scoliosis and arthritis break free from debilitating pain, fatigue, and anxiety, and reclaim their lives and do the things they love. Her mission is to help people restore their health by healing the mind, body, and spirit, and to start living and stop surviving. Welcome. Um, thank you, Tom. Um, I'd like to wel- welcome Agnes Simzak back today. Um, she, on the last week's podcast, told her story about having severe scoliosis, had a large spine fusion when she was 16 years old, and she did well for many, many years. But about halfway through the last, this happened 31 years ago. So about 15 years ago, she developed severe back pain to the point she was disabled and actually bedbound as sort of the final straw in this whole thing. She could hardly get out of bed, could hardly take care of her young children. And it was sort of a disaster. And then she told us about how she came really now she's almost unlimited in what she can do and she's doing extremely well. So what I like to do is we'll briefly review the things that she did to get out of pain, but also where she's going with this, because as you understand the neuroscience more, as I pointed out to her, and we'll talk about neuroplasticity a lot in this next section, that once you come out of the hole, you've actually just started the journey. So Agnes, welcome back. I'm excited to have you back. Your story is so dead on for healing, I can't even tell you. It's one of the most clear stories I've heard in a while. So, and and not that the stories are all there, but the clear guidelines of what's seen to pull you out of the hole is so classic for actual true healing. So anyway, welcome back. Thank you so much. So Again, she has scoliosis surgery, big operation, age 16 years old. That's a big hit to a 16-year-old, no matter which way you look at it. Even small operations are a big hit to a 16-year-old. And she's gone from being quite disabled to becoming an integrated nutrition health coach, pain reprocessing therapy coach. Um, She does restorative breathing. She helps other people with scoliosis. And I'm excited about your work. Again, I would encourage this audience to listen to her first podcast where she really describes the essence of healing, which is essentially being with your pain, not fighting it, and then basically nurturing creativity and joy. So she really illustrated that in an excellent way. So I'm curious now, Agnes, what your own journey is continuing to be that you're pain-free, relatively speaking. I mean, there's always good days and bad days. And some of the things that you learned of why you get better and what you plan on do with it going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talk, if you just review really quick some of the basic concepts that helped you get started out of the hole, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've done or some of, you know, that we spoke about in the previous episodes were, you know, practicing the gratefulness, starting slow, slow, um, practicing the mental rehearsal where I visualize how that walk or how that sitting would look like for me. And even practicing my day, whether in pain or not, just disassociating, disassociating that feeling of pain from my body and just really feeling in my body being okay with it. 
and just allowing things to unfold. Um, the other piece I did want to mention is just learning um, to be with to be with pain regardless, but also not to um, not to create that perfect um, picture of that's how my healing should look like, or if I do these steps, I'll get better, or if I you know what I mean? Very often when we're in pain, we think if we do the five to 10 things, the pain will lessen or the pain will go away. So really stepping away of that idea that, you know, I can figure this out with my head um, and just really trusting my body and letting um, things unfold as they were meant to unfold. So that's a huge point again on the healing journey is that this is the hardest factor I have personally, but also teaching people is that you can't fix yourself because your attention mm -hmm. on the pain and actually re reinforcing it. So it's a two-step process that are linked but separate steps where you learn to let go of the pain, be with the pain, develop a working relationship with it. At the same time, you're nurturing joy in the other direction, but the healing occurs with creativity and creating circuits away from the pain, not fixing the old circuits. We're also programmed to fix, 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 that we have a hard time letting that go. So again, that's quite an insightful comment about not fighting the pain, but actually creating what you want. Mm -hmm. A little saying to have a good life, you actually have to live a good life. In other words, it takes mm -hmm. practice and reprogramming. So how did you come to that understanding? That's a that's a big one. That's the hardest thing I have to convey to my patients. You can't fix yourself. Mm -hmm. You can allow healing. You can heal. You can allow your body to heal and watch what emerges. But that's a big, that's a huge paradigm. So I'm curious from my own education, how do I teach that to people? What, what mm -hmm. happened in your mind that allowed you to understand that so clearly? I Because I've tried it and it didn't work. Okay. So obviously... Right. right. I, I, you know, I, I was, I'm kind of like a recovered perfectionist. I think many of us dealing with chronic pain are where we think we can, you know, we, where we think we can solve things. Well, we have long list of things to do. So it's the same way we want to solve our chronic pain. We have a list and it doesn't work. Um, so I've tried putting the list together and I kept hitting this. I want to say ceiling where I would, you know, start getting pain free for a couple of days and then it would come back. And and I felt like I was fighting that pain, like I was trying to solve a puzzle and nothing was happening. Um, and I finally said, I remember saying to myself, okay, just let it go. Let, you know, it will be. And, you know, in I also at that point was, looking into and researching and learning from Adam, Alan Gordon about the pain reprocessing and the outcome independence where he explains, you know, how that concept right. um, works. And that piece was really hard for me to understand because I wanted to have control over my pain. Right. I wanted to wake up and I want to be pain free. Um, and I wanted my life to look the way I wanted to look. I wanted people to behave they wanted the way I wanted them to behave. And nothing, you know, obviously didn't work that way. So I had to learn how to first, you know, allow peace and gratefulness and being really gentle with myself and allow myself compassion around my pain. 
Um, That's one of the biggest factors we also talk about a lot is just being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most of our, us, most of us are programmed by our society, parents, teachers, friends, how to be a certain way. So the word should keeps coming up over mm -hmm. and over and over again. And the problem with perfectionism is the ultimate victim role. You have a situation, so the, the genealogy of anger is circumstance, blame, victim, anger. With perfectionism, you're not perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. So you're always agitated. And mm -hmm. so what happens when you're agitated, your threat physiology goes up and the pain actually gets worse. But the other problem with chronic pain, and I think you said this clearly also, is that you're in pain. You are a victim of the pain, but then you start feeling sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you've doubled down because mm -hmm. oh, you've actually increased your victimhood and you're more inflammatory, now more pain. Of course, then you're more upset. So you get really a horrible cycle going. So I'm really curious how you came to that realization. You said, well, you tried things that didn't work and you sort of gave up and inadvertently it turned out to be the answer, if I'm hearing you correctly. Then, so, I okay, so, so, so you've given up, let go. Then, then what do you do? Yes, so I, <laughs> great question. <laughs> I mean, you, you, okay, you've given up. I'm just sitting here doing nothing. So, so yes, no, no, no. So I didn't really give it out. I kind of, um, I want to say I was at peace with it. You were? And I was at, at peace with it. Regardless if I have pain or not, I'm going to be okay. That was kind of like a decision I've made. I've tried everything and it seemed like nothing was working. So I decided just to surrender and let, you know, let my next day be whatever it will be. If that means I'm going to have a pain or I'm not going to be have a pain, I'm still going to have a day and I'm still going to be there participating to the best of my abilities. And I start really slow. So I didn't want um, somebody to think that I just give up and I was waiting for the pain to go away. I wish it was that way. But I've kind of practiced that surrender and I've practiced that I'm not going to give all of my thinking to the pain. I'm going to start um, looking into things that I really want to do. And, you know, initially that meant just imagining things and focusing on that and journaling, writing stories about what I want my days to look like and focusing on positive aspects versus, you know, thinking about my pain and how do I get out of the pain? What's that best prescription for getting out of the pain? Yeah, again, wonderful explanations here. But I want to understand that, believe it or not, this is actually not psychological. You're really programming your, your brain is incredibly neuroplastic. And we'll discuss that more in a second, but your brain changes by the second. And one of my most successful mentors pointed out, we're all programmed by negativity. Why not program ourselves with positivity? Because your brain actually physically changes structure. Um, so again, healing occurs with creativity. You stimulate your brain to where you want it to go, not by trying to avoid what you don't want. And so my question is going forward, how do you work with people now? And I could spend a long time mm -hmm. talking about this concept right now, but I, I do want to find out, you made some really interesting observations. You cannot have described the healing journey more clearly. And it's not a mind trick. It's not a mind game. It's just flat mm -hmm. out you're, you're causing the brain to change structure. Mm -hmm. You want to comment on your work going forward um, as far as 
what you think you're doing, your approach, mm -hmm. um, how mm -hmm. you, again, it's hard to, so positive thinking is fine. Mm -hmm. but you have to let go, which isn't so easy to do. Mm -hmm. If I came to you and your situation that you started out with a few years ago, how would you get me started? In other words, what do you do with patients that come to you or people that come to you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really depends on where they where they are at. I kind of have to meet them at the, you know, at the stage there are. Uh, some of my clients um, need a little bit of, you know, support on the anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle side before we even get into the brain's role. Because the better I can get them, you know, remove the, you know, inflammatory foods or nutrition, like sugar has a best, big impact on the brain, the right. better they can sleep. And I know, you know, all about sleep, the right. better they can sleep, the better rest, you know, the rest that there are, then it's easier to work on creating the new neural pathways. So you start with diet in general? I start with, Yes. I do, unless somebody comes in and their diet is, we, I, you know, I go through assessment with them. It's an hour long assessment. If their diet needs just a bit of tweaking, we go into the pain reprocessing. But yeah. if it's not, then that's where I find it. It's the easiest. They can relate best to the diet before we go into and create that and start focusing on the mindset. Um, and, you know, through the diet, we also, you know, I always talk to them about, you know, this is how we create the new neural pathways when we're focusing on things we want. We want a less inflammation in your brain, we want a less inflammation in your body. And then we get into the pain reprocessing. Um, and the part of it, part of, you know, my work includes also the brain, um, the um sorry i'm running out of words the retraining of the breathing because when we you know if we breathe more through our mouth than through our nose that has an impact on the diaphragm that has an impact on the nervous system as well on the vagus nerve so it really depends where the person is it's a bit of a you know i want to say functional nutritional component big part of it is the pain reprocessing component okay and okay, so we do know that a lower carb, not carbohydrates, carbohydrates are not all bad, but concentrated carbohydrates in the form of sugar are very highly inflammatory. And just again, jump back to the conversation chronic disease, mental and physical, is from sustained what we call fight or flight physiology. In other mm -hmm. words, your body is inflamed, including your brain. You're taking fuel out of your cells instead of you're consuming fuel. Your body's in a stress state. Your neurotransmitters go from calming to excitatory. So just calming down the entire body is a big deal with diabetes, mm -hmm. great starting point. And then breath work stimulates the vagus nerve, which is highly anti-inflammatory. When you breathe through your nose, you're actually stimulating the production of nitric oxide, which is also highly anti-inflammatory. But I'd like you to, let's talk about the pain reprocessing therapy mm -hmm. for a second. But I want to say one thing before we do that is that notice that chronic pain is complicated. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. So whether it's the diet alone or pain mm -hmm. reprocessing therapy alone or breath work alone, interventions and isolations just don't solve the problem. They help and they work, but it's always mm -hmm. a combination approach. So yes. pain reprocessing therapy is a valuable adjunct. And the reason I mention that because then it's just held up as a definitive solution. 
and it can help tremendously, but it's not. Then you go mm-hmm. through pain processing therapy and you're not as good as you'd like to be. And so then you get frustrated, which makes the pain worse. Mm-hmm. So I understand that all these are tools that are really critical to put into mm-hmm. big context. And so um, that that's key. So let's talk about pain reprocessing therapy a little bit. What mm-hmm. what's your approach with that? What does that mean? So that means really, you know, um, when I work with clients, educating them about the brain's role and how brain is neuroplastic, how, you know, our pain pathways are created and how we can reinforce them through our behaviors. Um, and then, you know, within um, the sessions, we also practice somatic tracking. We practice, you know, that feeling or I shouldn't say seeing, we practice how to let it go, how to be okay with the pain. It really depends, you know, when the client's at and how much help they need with the pain. What is a, so again, this is really important, I think. So somatic tracking is what exactly? It's really getting into the ba- into your body and feeling it and being okay with whatever comes up in your body, not really fighting okay. it, but just noticing. And what if the pain is intolerable? Good question. So depending where <laughs> depending where they are on the scale, I want to say between one and ten, if it's somewhere above five to ten then that person probably will still need a different support. So that may probably need medical doctor or, you know, some anti-inflammatories to kind of um, tie them up as we work through the somatic tracking and we bring that pain down. Um, so there's different, there's different, I, I don't want to say necessarily, you know, painkillers, but there's different ways that work for different individuals. Okay. And that might for somebody mean that they still need to see their physical therapist as we work on PRT and we lower their, you know, their brain defenses down. So a lot of time, the sorry, I don't mean to bunch in, a lot of time the pain will, you know, be high because the brain is trying to protect us. If we right. can lower those defenses, then and then work consistently on PRT, that's where we will see the biggest gains. So, what happens? She has lots of concepts that she does that are healing. She uses the phrase she supports others in regaining agency over their health and understanding their unique needs. Mm-hmm. So we know taking control of your care. A sense of, we know from Texas that a sense of control actually is mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory, actually directly lowers mm-hmm. inflammatory markers in the body is a sense of control. And again, the three parts of healing to me are awareness of the problem, education. Number two is addressing every aspect simultaneously, whatever is relevant to you, but nothing happens until you take control over your care. Now that's challenging also. Mm-hmm. Getting people actually take control of the care is sort of hard to do. Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah. I, so I, you know, that was the piece that I had to learn as well on my healing journey, because it's so easy for, I think, you know, in our society, we are taught to go in and outsource the help, outsource the solution for somebody else to come and tell us what to do and give us that perfect prescription. And then, you know, we give them, you know, we basically assume that when they gave us that prescription of, you know, the things to do, the things not to do, that 
that's where the healing will happen. But it's really once we assume and once we understand that, you know, it's all in our hands, we are capable. And the solution, you know, it's all in our body. Even when we feel pain, it's, you know, it's there to trying to teach us something. Most likely, you know, I don't want to speculate depending how somebody's life looked before pain. Mm -hmm. Once they're out of pain, their life looks different. So it's really not only taking the agency of their healing, but truly of their life and being, you know, being the person who's creating things that they wanted to see in their life. So you personally have a great story. Can you share a story with us of somebody that's come to you in pretty bad pain? Um, how that might have worked out for somebody? Mm -hmm. So I actually, yeah. So one of my clients um, recently, um, she just ended the work with me, but, you know, she commented that before she started working with me, when she had family events, when she had to, you know, see her friends for social events, she would always cancel because she, you know, her pain was, she was in so much pain, she didn't think she could. And even if she wanted, she would always, you know, panic right before, because she knew that if she went out with the front with her friends, she would just experience more, even more pain afterwards. Um, and, you know, at the end of our work, she said she cannot believe it. She's not even thinking about pain. She's accepting the invitations. She's meeting with family and friends. And her pain is not like the word pain is not even coming across her mind when she right. you know when she's going out it's after the fact when she gets home she's like I had such a great time and in the past I would just not enjoy not go out not spend the time with loved ones right, right. well it's tricky also because when you're in pain you don't feel very social and then mm -hmm. the yeah are the more pain you have and it goes it's very bi-directional so Mm -hmm. All this stuff is treated to break into the cycle of more pain, less activity, less activity, more pain. Same thing with sleep, less sleep, more pain, more pain, less sleep. Mm -hmm. So the thing about pain in general, it's, it's, it's challenging to put that wedge into the door. But I'd like you to describe what we talked about before the podcast about once you started to heal, in other words, once people feel better, my frustration is they sort of quit. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they stay fine. Mm -hmm. It's a massively miss, missed opportunity because as you start processing your life differently, there's actually no mm -hmm. limit to how, how far you can go with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I found is, you know, being a few years out of the pain, uh, like I can speak to how my life looks like this year versus last year and how that still evolves as I'm out of the pain and how things are, you know, they're just bigger. Um you know, in terms of what I'm enjoying, what activities I'm pursuing. And these are the things that would never cross my mind. Even, you know, a few years ago, I was, I was, I had no pain. I would not imagine going and doing certain things that are like now I'm like, I'm so confident about doing them because I know they bring me joy. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So um, could you give us our give us your website and um are you you're in canada i'm assuming do yes. you also work on zoom i work on zoom yes okay and my website is um the simple beautiful wellness.com the simple beautiful wellness.com okay well i'm excited to have you on the show i 
remember today why I wanted you to be on the show because your story is compelling. It's not uncommon, by the way, but your concepts of how you healed are very, very clear. And that's really critical for the audience to hear. I would say one of the concepts that you have to latch on to that healing is possible. It's actually mm -hmm. probable. It's not possible. It's probable. I have one gentleman, mm -hmm. by the way, who had 28 surgeries over 20 years and has now been pain-free for seven years. So mm -hmm. I didn't think that was possible. I thought after a few mm -hmm. surgeries, why it would be much harder. But you've had a major surgery and you're doing mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. So healing is possible. And I would say probable, again, with, mm -hmm. with repetition. Um, any final thoughts for our audience today, Agnes? Um, I just want to inspire anybody out there who has um, scoliosis and who thinks that scoliosis means pain, because I know there's so many in that community um, that think that way. Uh, scoliosis and pain are all, all you know, often associated. Um, and I know I've been there. Um, and one my one of my final thoughts also, or kind of like a quick tip is, is to really focus on the positive stories, focus on things you want your life to look like, read about those things. Um, I know a lot of us in pain community by searching through on how to solve our pain um, and get rid of the pain. We, you know, we spend a lot of time in different communities and they're not always really good for us um, because you're already experiencing so much pain that may actually cause you to focus more on that pain. Right. Well, Agnes, again, thank you very, very much. I love your story. And hopefully um, some people can be inspired to pursue the same journey. So fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our guest, Agnes Shintuck, for being on the show today and explaining her integrative approach to pain management to reduce inflammation and calm the body. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.